Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. There was melon smashing in Circuit of the Americas. Ross Chastain got his first career NASCAR Cup Series win. The Xfinity Series and Truck Series was in action, but the main topic of the weekend is how Ross Chastain got that win. Was it valid? Was it not? Uh, The movie pulled on AJ Allmendinger and Alex Bowman. We'll we'll discuss that uh, next on the Drivers Meeting Podcast. Got a lot to unpack uh, for road course racing. The time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with the great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, there was melon smashing in Circuit of the Americas. Melon was smashed at the end of the Cup (laughs) Series race because Ross Chastain got his first career NASCAR Cup Series win. And I mean, he had been knocking at the door all season long. I mean, going into that race. Three straight top threes. I mean, the one team was going crazy. Him and Phil Surgeon had it dialed in. And Circuit of the Americas led a lot of laps. A lot of stuff happened at the end. We'll get that in a little. But, I mean, damn, Ross Chastain is now a NASCAR Cup Series winner, Matt. I mean, what does that mean for him and the whole team? I mean, how cool is it to – I mean, another first-time winner in the Cup Series, but this one is almost different, you know, with, with the new team, Trackhouse Racing. I mean, what was your overall reaction just when he crossed the finish line the, ne- the next five minutes after that? What were you thinking? Yeah, it's great to be back on the podcast here. Thank you for having me again. And uh, it's great that the second week I'm on the pod, we have a great winner. I think a guy that's been knocking on the door the last couple of weeks was a, a third, uh, second and a second, and now finally gets his win. We've seen this like kind of uh, trajectory for many young drivers moving up through the, uh, through, the, uh, through the ranks of NASCAR. And once they get to cup, Sometimes it stalls out for them. We saw that, like, kind of with Cole, I mean, Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, uh, Chase Briscoe there from last year. No success there. They obviously got their wins, each of them, but it took some time to get there. And um, for Ross, uh, for his first, second season in a quality car, so a track house racing car, I didn't really have too many expectations for them coming into the year, but my, uh, my emotions kind of, kind of, came out as excitement when, when Ross crossed the line. I mean, it was an amazing finish there. Very NASCAR road course esque. And we'll, uh, we'll get into that obviously, but yeah, I mean, it full of full excitement for, for Ross's team. Um, you know, we talked about Suarez last week and I've been no, uh, quiet fan of, uh, Suarez. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slight fan of his. And, um, I wanted to, wanted to see the team have success for this season. And, and Ross is that guy. He's, a great driver and for him to win at Coda a driver's track, it just makes sense. And that's a huge, huge win overall for him. Yeah. I mean, he, he drove a great race all, all race long and it seemed very esque of what he had done in, in previous races, leading laps. And he's done that. And we, I mean, we literally talked about it last episode, Ross Chastain. I mean, he's, you know, hasn't just been going out there and fluking into finishes. He's been able to kind of state uh, dominance at the front of the field, um, you know, and, and make themselves known as a team to contend this year. And now finally getting that win, which we felt like was coming after um, all the consistent finishes they've had this year. Uh, and when you look at Justin Marks, I mean, the excitement for him and Daniel Suarez, the race, I mean, Daniel Suarez started out the race in the lead. I mean, he really got wiped out, which took him out of the front, had some issues throughout the race that they had to come back from. I believe it was a, you know, 24th place finish for them. Um, but track house racing as a whole, we talked about them last episode, might as well talk about them again. Cause now they're, you know, a winner in the cup series. I mean, that organization, as far as, you know, the powerhouse teams in NASCAR, the four car teams, even the, you know, three car teams with team Penske four car, if you conclude the wood brothers, you got a two-car team here in Trackhouse Racing that's really asserting themselves as 
one of the top, you know, contending teams all together in NASCAR. Um, you know, and did, did you expect them at the beginning of the year to really, you know, have, have this much momentum early, early in the season of the, of the next gen car? No, I mean, I, I definitely hoped that they would. I yeah. mean, because only because like it's a resurrection of kind of Chip Ganassi and the things he sold. And I've always been a little bit of a Ganassi supporter as well. So to see the team kind of shift and also see Justin, because Chip, as much as Chip was a great team owner and he's a great leader and a multi-time champion in IndyCar, Indy 500 champion as a team owner over there, you know, his NASCAR program was always a little bit, I don't want to say half-assed, but it was always a little bit missing there. It was always a B-grade team. And now Justin and Cohen or Pitbull, and specifically Justin, I, I think last year he said that I want to be a big team like Gibbs or Hendrick. I want to be looked at that as in like in like 10 years' time. Now, obviously, he's doing it now, but he's got to collect those trophies and those championships first. And hiring drivers like Ross Chastain does that. They, he gets trophies and possible championships with uh with ross um but yeah i mean i didn't expect them to be that strong in in this year i i sure hope so but you know with the with the with the next gen car it kind of brought out a lot of um a lot of unknowns obviously and i thought that you know with the focus and everything that they were doing they were expanding the shop putting it in north carolina and expanded shop the old chip ganassi racing shop i had the opportunity to go there on a north carolina trip i went last year and was it was a beautiful facility very clean um we've all seen the photos and everything like that but now everything is blue and it's track house so for them to expand there and for them to get this win early and for them to be running as good as they they were no i i did not expect uh ross chastain to be knocking on the door every week let's just say that yeah for sure um you know it, crazy the strength they've had at the beginning of this year but let's talk about how it got done i mean the end of that race a crazy last lap um you know two we've had two totally different races at coda last year was in the rain uh but this year it was it was in the dry and i felt like a very, very good racing product was had a lot of people were hating on coda i think unfairly just because last year was done in the rain uh but this year was in the dry and we i feel like we got a good road course show and the last lap was no different. I mean, uh, we had Ross Chastain leading at the white flag. AJ Allmendinger bumped him out of the way. Didn't bump him far enough because Ross Chastain was right there. And Alex Bowman. I mean, Alex Bowman just, you know, he just finds a way to just be there. He just ends up being there at the end of a race. Somehow had the lead for about five seconds um, on, on the one of the final corners of that race. But basically, Ross um, didn't let himself get too far away from AJ rode his bumper all the way to the second last corner and he moved AJ up the racetrack, which I think would have been a basic, you know, bump and run move out of the way. But Alex Bowman happened to be there on the outside. And it basically was just a, a two for one deal as he basically shot Almendinger into Bowman and these cars just bam. I mean, they plow off of each other and Almendinger spun around Bowman got sent wide, still finished second to Ross Chastain, the winner, a lot of controversy, people talking about whether it was, justified what Ross Chastain did or not. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about it all weekend. We're kind of on, on the same page here. Me personally, I think you bump somebody first, you're probably, you know, if you don't do it in the last corner, you're probably going to end up getting it back before the end of the race. If you don't let them get too far away. So Ross Chastain ended up doing just that. What was your stance on it? Yeah. I mean, like you said, we kind of agree here. And after further analysis, watching the restart a couple more times, uh, when, Almendinger shoves uh, Chastain into the gravel trap area, you know, over in that area um, in the stadium section. That's like, you know, obviously that's not putting him out of the race, right? That's just keeping him, you know, putting him to the side and he has to collect it himself. And that's exactly what he did. So you can knock out the guy, but Ross is good thinking and grabbing the brakes real quick. He was able not to get stuck in that gravel trap or even go further into the grass. Now he did let him have enough room. I mean, enough uh, to come back and, and, you know, possibly win the race like he did. And then Ross coming in the next few corners, he's hungry for a win. The win for the last three weeks has been right in front of his eyes every single time. So he's not going to take it too easy and he's not going to hold anything back. Now, if this was maybe not definitely not a Kyle Busch, but a guy who wins often, maybe it's not a complete knockout. Maybe it's like a send into the last corner, right? Now that's fair. And what, what Ross did was fair too, in my opinion, because how much he deserved that win after leading what was like 20, 25 laps more, yeah. almost 30 laps, 30 laps, I think it was. So 
just him leading that amount of laps, him uh, being in contention every single week so so far to this point, the last three weeks, a, a month completely, he has been in complete control of when he has led these races. And for him to let it go against Almendinger there, then Bowman coming in at the last minute is like this little like bug for Chastain that's like bothering him, you know? Like he, I've been battling AJ this whole time and now Bowman, the little annoying guy, comes into this situation and now wants to steal the win too. So he was able to do that as they bounced off each other, like you said. And it's something I was thinking about, the Gen 6 car when – you know, when you hit with the Gen 6 car, I don't know if Bowman would have been fine to finish second with that hard hit. It might have hit the tire and made a fender rub, maybe wouldn't let him turn or whatever. I think also the durability of the car showed in that uh, standpoint. But obviously, it's road course racing. It's going to be contact, obviously. And Almendinger made that move. And yes, Chastain has complete freedom, I think, in my opinion, to make that move back and to take him out of the race because that's the final two corners. See, AJ didn't take him out six corners before the race or five corners before the race finished. But this is two more corners to go a little bit different. Chastain's proof that he deserved the, uh, the race win also helps his case to make sure, you know, that like you said before, is it valid or invalid? It's a valid move. He deserved the win. I think if you, if you get hit first, I have all the right to hit you back. Exactly. And you could tell uh, the corner where AJ moved him up. It felt like he had to Ross was, you could tell Ross was protecting going to that corner. You stay low. Cause usually it's a very interesting yeah. corner when you head into the stadium section uh, to hit the apex, you're kind of, you're riding, riding up and down. There's so many different lanes you can pit going to that corner and he chose to hold the bottom. So AJ couldn't get under him, but AJ obviously took right. the approach. He was going to bump him out of the way. Cause that was the only way at that point he was going to be able to get by. Um, right. and I thought it was really interesting that coming to those final laps, they were noting in the, in the commentary booth and I could see myself like the mind games, AJ kind of plays when he's driving behind you. Like he'll it, like I, really good. I mean, you could tell like he'll move to the bottom of the corner, even though he's not going to make a move, he just, he fakes it. So Ross like moves low to try to defend when he really doesn't have to. And AJ doesn't do it. I mean, just the, the driving and the, the mental game that AJ plays, I thought was really cool coming to those final laps um, of the race, but overall, I mean, yeah, see uh, that that's kind of, sorry to interrupt, but, but see, that's kind of difference between AJ and Ross, even though Ross won the race, AJ, as we know, is a very skilled road course racer. And for him to make those like kind of defying moves, like to make, to kind of mess with his mind a little bit shows how comfortable he is behind the race car. Ross is like holding on to the lead while AJ is like teasing him back there. Yeah. And and this win for Ross is a season long thing, right? He's running the full season. He's running for the championship. You know, he's had previous races where he knows he has momentum. He knows he's been so close to that win. He wants to get it done to, you know, to AJ, it's really, it's just another race. You know, he's going for a, he's trophies. going for a trophy. He's setting himself up to chase that trophy. Like college racing does. I mean, that's what that car is there for to just go get victories. Um, and he was going for it, almost got it done, uh, but ended up with a, let's see, 33rd, ended up 33rd in the second last corner. He was almost leading the race. So it's crazy. Was how it things 33rd? Turn around. Yeah. yeah. 33rd finishing result. So, uh, wow. and, and Bowman was still able to manage second out of that Christopher bell, third place, which is a guy that we talked about last week of needing to needing to do something. They were in trouble. Yes. Good finish. Uh, good weekend all yeah, around. Yes. I think for C bell. Yeah. So that was good. Two see. weeks in a row. Remember he got that penalty. at Yeah. But, technically. Um, obviously that wasn't a fair move, but the rule was the rule. But if that rule wasn't there, he would have finished third. So, you know, two weekend, two good weekends in a row for the 20 team. Yeah, exactly. So uh, overall, I mean, I, I think it was a pretty solid, solid race at Coda. Would you agree? Are you vote. It was yes a very solid poll. <laughs> I did not. Um, I didn't even see it. Like I didn't even say yes or no, unless it's still open, right? Yeah, it's actually still open. I think right so. Because yeah. he posted on Monday, on Mondays. Yeah, so you can like get one sleep in after the race. That's what he always says. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. In my opinion, it was a great race. Um, and you know, you can't compare it to any other race in the season, especially with the next gen cars. It was really nice to see the next gen cars on a road course finally, because I feel like they were very suited for it. As we know, a little bit of that V8 supercar technology in there drives more like that. So, um, I'm really, uh, really in, uh, really excited to see how it is for the rest of the year, especially at Watkins Glen, a fast paced road course. Um, Sonoma will be cool too, to like a, a like a nifty, shorter, uh, slower road course. And um, yeah, yeah, I think Coda will was the good um, introductory course for the rest of these road courses yeah. for the rest of the season. And I'm very satisfied with what we saw. 
Yeah, I like where it is in the schedule um, when I realize yeah. because usually in years past, we haven't had like a road course until the middle of the season, basically. And then when yeah, we like have July. them in the middle of the season, it's like, bam, 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 bam. They all go so quick. They're like back to back to back. Um, so I, I kind of like this being in the first six weeks of the season. Now we have a road course here. We also have a road course in the last, you know, six or seven races of the season. I can't remember, where, you know, wherever the, the Roval is. And then you have the middle parts where we'll kind of we'll visit Road America. We'll visit Indy Road Course, visit Watkins Glen, Sonoma. They're all kind of spread apart a little bit towards the middle of the year. But I, I like this being earlier in the year. They moved it up even from last year. Um, you know, now we get a road course in early cause we really just didn't have one until forever into the season. It felt like, and I was like, wow, here's a road course. Um, but we got pretty much all different tracks, I think early in the schedule, which I think is great. Cause we're really going to get to see, you know, everything's unpredictable at this point, but we're seeing where all the teams are at. We're seeing the drivers that are, have been good on every kind of layout. Um, you know, this isn't going to tell us what the rest of the season is going to be like, but we head to Bristol dirt soon as well. Uh, Fox already started the countdown, you know, 20, no, 20 days yeah. until Bristol dirt got to let us know. So, yes. um, but, but overall a picture of Bristol yeah. dirt right now. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I, I like the mix of the schedule. Um, I mean, have you been, you know, a lot of people, I feel like there's been excitement this season, the first six races of the year. I feel like every race has its own thing where we've had things to talk about after it. It's been exciting during the race. I mean, have you felt, you know, kind of the same way? Yeah, I have actually. That's a good point. I haven't really thought about that too much. Obviously, the schedule uh, with the different uh, different types of tracks. Now we're heading into a little short track season now. Um, you know, if you want to call Richmond a short track, which is a problem for some people. But, you know, yeah, you saw two super speedway style races. Atlanta, of course, like influenced super speedway. And then you had the big two miler that I love out in uh, California with Auto Club. Las Vegas, the classic mile and a half intermediate. And then um, you had Coda this week and also Phoenix, right? So Phoenix is its own little unique track that's different than pretty much everyone else on the schedule. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I'm sad. I'm, I'm, like, like I said, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far, and it's good for the next-gen car, right? So, like, we're not just seeing who's good right now with the next-gen car. We're seeing how the next-gen car actually performs on the track on these different diverse tracks. Now we're going to see it. Now we're going to see it with the, with, the, with the short track this weekend at Richmond, which will be interesting to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, one thing that has stayed consistent between every single week is track house racing and their strengths. So yep. other than the Daytona 500, which is obviously a wild card, um, they've been in contention every week, more or less. So yeah, that, that's a consistent piece. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, every week it's, we've kind of taken it week by week. I feel like everyone's like, all right, now this race is the real test of the next gen car. This race is the real test. Right. I think the biggest when test Hendrick going to take the lead at lap five and never leave it alone. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. Never let it go. I think yeah. the biggest test, the basic NASCAR race is going to happen this weekend at Richmond raceway. Like this is just your basic, yeah. I mean, Richmond, this is a track where, yeah, every, everyone's hated on Richmond. Really. I mean, it's, uh, eh, people haven't liked the racing. They thought it was boring or, you know, whether it was night or day, people haven't really liked it. Um, people hated on the night race a lot. They totally took it away. I'm pretty sure. Right. They like, there's no, there's, there's, we still have two Richmond races but they're both during the day. Both think, during the day. Yes. Yeah, that's a conversation for another Richmond. time, but you know, yeah, they, I love the nighttime one. Yeah. We got two <laughs> Richmond day races on the schedule, but yeah, this weekend, I think it'll be a good test uh, to see. Um, it's just, you know, nothing every weekend's kind of had its own excitement. Everyone's looking forward to, and now we're just, we're going to Richmond. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how this weekend goes. Um, I, I like the Xfinity series outlook. I mean, the entry list were just put up. I don't know if you've looked over them, um, but a lot, yes. of, a lot of new faces, a lot of younger faces in that, in that field too, I think for sure. Yeah. I only looked over that Ryan Priest is on it right now, but I suppose we'll get to that later in the, in the episode. Uh, yeah. We'll run down all the, all the entry lists uh, in uh, later in the show. Uh, so we might as well just, finish up talking about uh coda kind of recap real quick um you know some of the some of the finish well we talk about the xfinity and truck races too the double header on saturday that we had two races uh xfinity aj Allmendinger was the winner there truck series zane smith was the winner there we can start with the xfinity series i think was a pretty solid race you had you know basically your class of the field is going to be aj Allmendinger in the xfinity series at road course no austin Cindric. it was kind of just a throw up in the air who was going to contend with Allmendinger. And we saw Cole Custer up there, uh, part of the race. We saw Sam Mayer show some speed as well. Uh, really, the yeah, guy that was battling with Almondinger, uh, which, quite frankly, was Ross Chastain in that DGM car, the 92, um, up there towards the front. Uh, he was taken out on a restart, uh, was only able to rebound to 17th. But 
Xfinity series. I mean, we know how dynamic uh, the lineup is through the year. We know how crazy the road courses are going to be because you have cup guys racing it. You got road course ringers, uh, a lot of good finishes up and down. But overall, I mean, what do you think about uh, the Xfinity race? Obviously, AJ Allmendinger, pretty predictable winner. But there, were there any surprises that you saw inside the top 10 that really stuck out to you? Yeah, um, not not particularly, but I did I did see or I did see the race, obviously. And uh, for me, it was pretty good. Um, and I think that AJ was my pick on Saturday, too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, no specific finishers. I know that DGM had an impressive weekend. Very. They put all their three cars in the top 10 in qualifying, which was really, really impressive. And I, it was very, uh, very surprising. I mean, I know they got road course ringers, but I didn't expect for them to have that much speed. And yeah. then Chastain, I believe Chastain, who was battling for the win there, as we know, who didn't get the result that he obviously wanted. I think it was no. like a, what, a 26th place finish or something Seven, like that. 17th, they were able to rebound. Seven, to. 17th. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but he got spun late, right? Yeah. So, yeah, now I have the results in front of me. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, mine Snyder in sixth. I mean, that's a big run, I think, for their team. Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, mine has some some European experience yeah. um, in the NASCAR Euro Series. He's always been kind of solid on the road courses. He was good at the Indy Road Course last year in the two car, I believe. Um, and then also to see uh, Parker Kligerman have a good run too in that thirty five car, which was kind of expected. But I know that thirty five car doesn't have too much speed, or we can't base it off too much. Um, but I know that Parker is obviously a wheelman, and he did uh, the double uh, the double duty that day. Miguel Paludo finishing in ninth was also uh, a pretty good. Yeah notable effort um i know he was sitting right outside the top 15 kind of all day but those jrm cars had speed sam mayer impressed me um sam is like sam is kind of like a weird driver for me i i see him as like this possible gibbs-esque driver but sometimes like he kind of like flops like yeah. wherever aj i mean wherever justin allgaier is not good or maybe grayson's running like mediocre like sixth place for him these days you know grayson's getting you know, really, really impressive these days now. But whenever he's like running sixth or seventh, Gregson is, and then Allgaier's like sitting outside that top 10. Mayer's not as strong as he needs to be. I guess it's a JRM thing. But when JRM goes to JRM specific centric tracks where they're fast, I see Sam Sam uh, doing really, really well. And I know JRM cars are pretty good around the road courses. Almendinger is just a, a road course beast, as we'll say. He, he and Chastain were the show on Saturday and the show on Sunday in a way. So, um, yeah, not 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 a surprise there, obviously. But Austin Hill is someone that I wanted to note on. Forgot that Hill finished second. That's two. That's back to back second place finishes. Half of his finishes this season are in the top five, which is a first in Daytona, a second last week in Atlanta, and a second off this weekend in uh, in Coda. So that's been really really impressive. Austin has outran Sheldon, and I'll turn it back to you. Do you think? Did you think that Austin was going to uh, outrun Sheldon in the beginning part of the season? Because I had Sheldon a little bit in front of him because he always ran a little bit better in trucks. Obviously, he's the champion, and he's going into the flagship two car that won the championship in 2019. Seemed like they put some favoritism towards him, but Austin has really done really, really well here in these first couple of weeks on different tracks. Yeah, I did. I had Sheldon Creed probably doing a lot better, not a lot better, yeah. just a little bit better yeah. than Austin Hill. But that kind of brings me back to just a point that like a thought that I had last year is I feel like Austin Hill really just flies under the radar. Uh, like he's he in the truck series, he was a very consistent driver that that's what he was. He would, you know, right. he, he went most of last truck season without getting a win, but he was the regular season points winner. Uh, points champion I believe he was leading the point standings like all year long and he didn't get his wins until like the last few races before the playoffs um and that kind of Nemechek won it uh he beat Hill just a little bit yeah he was right there contending for it yeah right there. and like Austin Hill it just I feel like he's doing it again in the Xfinity series he's just being there he's quietly just being there at the end contending up there in these races where we don't like he's nobody's like race pick to win nobody's out here saying oh this is an Austin Hill type track like he's just, yeah. he's just there. Like he, he's right. always, he's always up there contending and all of a sudden he's getting these good finishes and he did have like a rough start to auto club where he had a you know terrible right. race there. Um, Cause he got turned into the fence. There's nothing he could really do about that. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just been 
uh, a very solid season for Austin Hill. I definitely expected RCR to be as a whole in Xfinity pretty good this year, just because of the drivers that they have. Um, and they, they also got alliances with some other cars that I think are going to be strong this year, but definitely I didn't, I didn't see him being um, stronger than Sheldon Creed, at least earlier in the season, but he's doing it. I mean, he's there. That 21 team seems to be hitting it a lot more uh, than the two team does, but I think both of them obviously will, will come together and they'll, they'll, you know, by the middle of the season, I think both of them have the potential to be very strong and, and running up for wins. Yeah. One thing to note, um, a former Chevrolet uh, RCR affiliated driver, uh, Jeb Burton, he was up there in the top three, right? Cause he was hitting. He, was. he got booted. He cut the corner, right? He said he cut the corner. He was fighting it. He said yeah. he didn't. I mean, same with Jeremy Clemens, too. Um, that's two things that I almost forgot about that we can note um, here on the show. Jeb Burton was running third, I believe. Jeremy Clemens was running fourth. And both of them on back-to-back laps uh, got tagged for cutting the course, where, which they both didn't agree with. They both didn't think they did, and they thought other people had been doing it. That's kind of been the story of the whole weekend, but... Basically, Jeb Burton for our motorsports. I mean, third place for him and that team would have been incredible. They finished 23rd. Jeremy Clemens, I mean, that would have been great for them. A fourth place finish at Coda. That's really what they were looking at. Finished 24th because of the penalties. So, I mean, they dropped 20 positions in total, both of them because of those penalties. But yeah, like you know, I mean, I, I almost forgot about that. Jeb Burton was going, he was really having a solid run there for, for our motorsports. And it could have been a huge day for our motorsports because if he doesn't get kicked out there, that's. Him, Brett Moffitt, uh, who fin- ended up finishing seventh, uh, and Anthony Alfredo, who finished thirteenth, they both would have been uh, all in the top fifteen if he didn't. If he yeah, didn't triple top fifteen penalty. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Very I think that team needs. Yeah. Which I think our motorsports needs needs a finish like that. Right. They've had a few rough weekends uh, with just any of their drivers. I mean, Alfredo didn't even get to start at Phoenix and. Uh, they've had some right. incidents happen dur- during the races that's knocked them out of races and stuff like that. Um, but they've been, have been able to manage some good finishes and we know Brett Moffitt, Anthony Alfredo, Jeb Burton are three talented drivers. And that, that was one team that I was really looking forward to that had a, a very interesting dynamic, but they can definitely, uh, definitely need to pick it up. Uh, get some, get some better luck uh, throughout the season for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing, just to note on that also helped Jeb's morale too. I think, yeah. you know, Brett's always a constant top 12 finisher uh, runner at least. And then he gets up in the top 10 and finishes there like he did on Saturday. And then Anthony got that fifth place in auto club. I think it was fifth, if I remember yeah. correctly, um, you know, by that, that whole uh, fresh tire strategy, but um, you know, Jeb, Jeb kind of needs that, that good result, right. To match his teammates. I don't think he's had one yet for like a good top five or top 10. So um, you know, 23rd is obviously not what he wanted for him. I think he sent out a tweet and he said, great job to my boys today. We finished third or something like that. So yeah. he, he believes that he finished third and, and, you know, honestly, he probably deserved that top 10, but, um, and it's a fine line and maybe NASCAR didn't have consistency there, but, you know, he'll be back next week, obviously Richmond, I think a short track where he can make the difference. Yeah, for sure. I think he was pretty solid there uh, with colleague last year as well. So I think uh, a yeah. great opportunity for him to run consistently there. So last uh, last thing we'll note on for the Coda weekend uh, is the truck race, which had a very crazy finish. I thought the race was eh, like, um, yes, I think historically, <laughs> I think historically, yeah. I find it hard to get invested into a truck where like I'm invested. I'm watching the whole thing, obviously. But yeah. I find it hard for maybe me or just the casual fan to get invested in a truck race that's on like a doubleheader day. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I've always felt like that's a thing where it's just like you run two races back to back. And I th- I think the truck series, I thought for the longest time is something that was like, you know, glorified as truck night in America, right? We're running yes. Friday night truck races, you know, by themselves. Right. The teams get there Friday morning. They race Friday yeah. night and they're out, right? That was like the truck series. And I, you know, Coda doesn't have lights. They, you know, are doing what they can. They'll just run a double header on Saturday. But I think trucks at road courses are just very odd, especially on a weekend where we're having multiple of those road courses, where we already have an Xfinity and cup race coming up next. The truck race is just kind of the butt of the show. They're just there running the race. And, you know, uh, you know, when you take in broadcasting factors, the way it's presented and just the racers in general, the truck series in general, it's going to be a lackluster race. And I don't think we've seen a clean truck series road course race in a long time anyways. Um, but the race was, eh. you know, like I, I enjoyed it. The finish was nuts because uh, we, you know, had a bunch of overtime restarts and that was probably bound to happen. Um, you know, if yep. you didn't see it 
or if our viewer and the viewers didn't really see it, it was Alex Bowman, Stuart Friesen, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was leading. Stuart Friesen or Alex Bowman, I think he poked out first. And then Stuart Friesen kind of made a defensive move uh, to kind of try to halt him from passing him. And in that, he went below Kyle Busch. Alex Bowman went below him. All three wide, bam. And none of them won because Zane Smith drove by all of them and won the race. So that's how that ended. Inside there on a turn, uh, that that sharp turn, turn 11, I believe it is. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically a truck series-esque finish right there. That is what I probably could have expected. Alex Bowman. I mean, to be fair, it was exciting for sure. It was. Very What I did not expect for Alex Bowman to kind of like flop like that, to be honest with you. But uh, I thought he was going to go in there and he was going to make the corner like as expected. Uh, but obviously making that move, I mean, missing that move and not making it had that really good finish and obviously gave Zane Smith his second win of the year, which is a big thing because he didn't win the first two stages. He was in contention for the win of the race. He didn't have the, the speed that the 52 had or the speed that definitely the 51 had. Um, but something that surprised me after the race, and and I don't know if you noted on it, uh, it was Kyle Busch's reaction. Kyle was quite calm in his post-race interview. I found that to be like the biggest thing that I took away from the race. Maybe he didn't want to get upset about a truck race or he was happy that his, you know, his teammates finished fine, uh, finished well. Nemechek finished second, I believe. And, um, and then uh, Chandler Smith, I think, finished up there, too, unless yeah. he had an issue. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think he was happy um, overall by KBM's performance, especially what happened to the week prior. And now it's just some positive momentum moving through here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how you took KB's uh, response. I know he had some uh, altercation with Alex Bowman. They, you know, he came and talked to him. Alex, uh, Alex didn't really look at Kyle's face. Kyle didn't look at him back. He said, okay. He kind of agreed with what Alex said, knowing that Alex kind of put the blame on himself and what move he made. Um, but you know, that's, that's the product of road course racing with the trucks. You got to be physical, um, and you gotta, you gotta be, uh, you know, at late in the race, you gotta be late on the brakes. And unfortunately, Alex, not knowing the truck too much, maybe that's what kind of led to that, making that last desperate move. And that's what let him lose the race with two laps to go. But yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fantastic race in my opinion, either. What, what you said with the, um, with the, uh, the, the double header days. I always like, it's not even just truck night in America. I'm always anticipating the Xfinity race more than the truck race coming into the weekend, especially the last couple of years. So I'm like, can we just get this thing already done so we can get to the Xfinity race? Like, let's just cut this race in half, move up the Xfinity race by an hour. And then after that, I can watch Supercross. Like that's pretty much what it comes down to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think, I think at the end of the day on on the Kyle Busch situation, I just think he didn't care that much. Like he just, he right. just shrugged it off. Yeah. He's just like, he knows he's racing in the truck series. He knows that's, what series he's racing. And obviously he's probably going to be a little more upset towards Alex Bowman because like, Hey, he probably feels like, you know, better than that to do something like that. If he was upset at him. Um, but at the end of the yeah. day, I mean, if he gets wiped out by um, just Derek Krause or something, not to pick on Derek Krause, but if he gets wiped out by well, Derek Krause, he's been doing he's, it a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets wiped <laughs> out by Derek Krause, he's probably not going to care because he expects it. Um, but I'm yeah, sure he exactly. was just a little bit, you know, and Alex Bowman probably felt he needed to talk to him because he probably knew he knows better. And um, none of them felt like they were in the wrong. They were all blaming everybody else. You know, Alex Bowman probably blamed Stuart Friesen, Stuart Friesen blamed Alex Bowman. But yeah, I feel like the truck race, because I just feel like it was it was long. I don't know how long it was, really. I mean, all the races this weekend were long. Uh, the cup race was, I think, three, three and a half hours, uh, I believe, in total length. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And the truck, the cup race, the first two stages went so fast, but then those cautions drag out the race so much. Yeah, exactly. So I think the truck series, I mean, I I literally had this thought in my head. I don't know if it ever happened, but why don't we just take the truck series, right? And we put them on a smaller layout of the track. Like, you know, when you're, when you're playing Forza and there's different outs and there's like short circuits, let's just put the trucks on like a short circuit, not have them drive like three miles around the racetrack. Yeah. I think the short circuit like cuts through the S's and you go around onto the back stretch and then you turn left. And it like, goes around the track. Cut yeah. the track in half, you know, maybe keep the same laps or add a few more because it's shorter. And let's just run on a short, shorter, shortened road course for the truck series. Like, I just, I feel like just making that, the the truck series drag around that entire track for, let's see, 42 laps is just such a, such a drag. Like, it's just, it's long. It is a drag. Like you said, like I'm just waiting for the Xfinity race. Slow they're going. 
like how yeah, they slow go so the truck series too. are going. They go so slow. And, and one thing I, did, I didn't notice what, note when we went through the cup and Xfinity uh, races, but when you're watching like Formula One qualifying and then you're like having the, the truck race and you see how fast Formula One is moving through the Jetta circuit. And how quick <laughs> you it the is. Trucks and and like, then you oh watch the road course of trucks. It's like you're watching snails move. It's, it's like just watching crazy. in slow motion. Yeah, there's exactly. there's everything is in slow motion. Yeah, we can we can note on on F1 here for a second uh, before we kind of start wrapping up. I know that a lot of people make uh, comparisons of the racing and the broadcasting, and you know, let's just start overall with the F1 race because I know a lot more NASCAR fans are watching F1 now. Um, you know, there was a race it was about it was pretty watchable for most fans like us um, to wake up and watch it at a 1 p.m. start. Um, I thought that was pretty nice. Felt a lot, you know, very unusual to watch a 1 p.m. F1 race because there, I don't think there is oh, one for the rest of the season until they come to Miami and then Texas. And I think there's one other Mexico. I think Mexico is at four and then Canada was at three. But that's besides the point. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about this weekend's race, which I thought uh, ended up being, you know, pretty solid racing product. There was a lot of stuff going on um, at the beginning of the race, towards the end of the race, uh, middle parts of the race. The Alpines were trying to kill each other. Um, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And they ended up <laughs> they they ended up not killing each other. But well, Fernando Alonso's car died at the end. Unfortunately, everyone yeah, started like going crazy at the end. Went out yeah. the the first yeah. ten laps of that race were. I mean, I was drawn to the screen. I mean, I was just. It's so Things quick that tight. track. Yeah. yeah, that track is so dynamic. And I didn't have like, you know, we know with uh, Mick Schumacher's wreck, you know, the track isn't yeah. like the safest in the world. That's not the most ideal racetrack if you're trying to keep everyone from not, you know, getting a concussion or arm injury or something like that, whatever. Um, injured in the race car. Luckily, he was okay. Uh, definitely scary incidents can happen on a track that fast and that thin. I mean, the way the track grows, uh, it does look pretty cool. I mean, I drove it on f1 2021 on my xbox one it was pretty nice i i kind of enjoyed it it was it was fun yeah yeah it's very dynamic but the race overall i mean i didn't have too much expectations yeah. for it because i'm kind of sitting there like where do you pass you know what i mean it's so like you know so so thin there's so many quick turns it's like where are you making passes but those long straightaways i mean really helped and you know they keep talking about obviously the new rules package for formula one allows more closer racing you know, puts in the driver's hands to make these passes. And obviously you have DRS and formula one that helps on the straightaways. Um, but I just, for those 10 laps, I was glued to the screen. The middle part of the race is pretty nice too. There was some strategy going on and swapping the positions. Uh, they were tracking Lewis Hamilton's progress through the field. Uh, but then the end of the race, everybody started dying. They're all just losing power. I mean, they're uh, Ricardo, yeah. Ricardo had to take it behind the wall. Alonzo had to take it behind the wall and Bottas, right? Yeah, 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 all three of them had problems. Yeah, yeah. and then it crashed. Yeah. Then Latifi crashes, changes everything. Right, that was the one right before it stops, uh, right in the middle That's of it. Right. Actually, because I was, I was kind of pissed at that caution, like not like them throwing. Obviously, I'd throw. I was just pissed it happened because I was kind of looking forward to see how it played out through the green flag stops. Um, because I think it how it played out was Leclerc pit before uh, Verstappen. I think that's how it went. Right, they were the. I think the Red Bull were betting on what Ferrari was going to do. And they said do the opposite. Right. So, yeah, so exactly the right when the caution, right before the caution came out, the, the safety car, uh, they put Perez down because Ferrari yeah. put out all their mechanics. So they put Perez down thinking that Leclerc was psyched them out. Now, if, yeah, Ferrari never did that, then Perez stays out, caution, the safety car comes out, and then Perez goes down with the rest of the leaders. But unfortunately, obviously, yeah, for anybody that didn't see it, he didn't go, he went down pit road pit lane <laughs> and then everyone else stayed out that that safety car came out and then he stays fourth he comes out like fourth third or no fourth yeah fourth and then everybody goes down the leaders go down and unfortunately when they come out he doesn't have full speed obviously because the track is in yellow conditions he can't catch back up to them and take the lead back so he's sitting fourth for the restart i believe and that's where he ends up finishing so uh science and leclerc and verstappen um were able to just kind of you know gain one position from that and that obviously hurt uh hurt um sergio but it didn't hurt um red bull in, in the overall stand in the overall finishing order because one of the drivers obviously obviously still won the race um uh, particularly those last like seven laps after the final final restart was like my favorite time of the race obviously crunch time to win the race um the norris and uh Norris and uh, who was it? Ocon battle for sixth place was amazing too. Uh, the the tracking progress of 
Hamilton was really good too. The the race had a nice setup. You know, you had that you had the the Ferrari and Red Bull battle. You had Russell who outqualified Hamilton. You had the Alpines that were looking strong. Uh, McLaren's kind of made a comeback. They looked a little bit better this this weekend. And then you had Hamilton with his worst start since 2017 in Brazil. And then worst start by uh, pace since Britain 2009. So Brazil, he he obviously wrecked the car, and that's why he didn't start up front. But now this time he had to come from the back. He was a little bit uh, wary on pace, and obviously finishing 10th wasn't ideal for him. But just to see that race play out how it did with the safety car, I kind of enjoyed the safety car a little bit, not at Sergio's expense. It would have been nice for him to kind of lead a whole race and, and be able to maybe take the win, you know, not, not have a race win for Red Bull like he did last year in Azerbaijan where he just took it because of uh, Max's problem and Lewis's mistakes. So to have um, the whole Red Bull and Ferrari dynamic kind of squeezed together now, you know, Ferrari, uh, Red Bull definitely has a little bit of a stranglehold on Ferrari leaving this race. So that's really interesting, too. And it's going to be an amazing championship battle. This race is very quintessential F1. The strategy, the factors of like, you know, drivers coming from the back, the championship leaders close and close and very tight at the front. You know, those things are exactly what makes an F1 race really good. And this this race was definitely miles better than Bahrain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed this a lot more than uh, Bahrain. You know, Bahrain obviously had a little bit of an exciting finish. Obviously, everyone's hyped for the start um, of the F1 season, but definitely a more uh, condensed and exciting race uh, that we saw at Jeddah uh, than we did the weeks previous and definitely set to be a great Formula One season. And I'm sure we'll uh, in and out kind of recap throughout the year on here. Um, But yeah, overall, you know, when we... Yeah, overall, kind of sending it back to NASCAR, um, you know, every every road course that's brought up stages at road courses. Do we need them? We don't need them. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a guy that thinks like if we take stages away, we should probably do it all year. Right. Like we should either have them have them for all the tracks or we don't, you know, because it it feels weird if we did like we gave gave a set of points for one race and then we didn't for another race or, we, you know, it, if we're going to take them away. Let's take them away all together. If we're going to keep them, let's just keep them for all the racetracks, but definitely the road courses, if something were to be done there, I mean, nobody would complain. Um, you know, I feel like uh, vastly at least, but stages of the road course, it's just odd, you know, especially when you, you wake up and you watch a formula one race and you watch how that goes and you watch the race, it, you know, it's action packed. It finishes in about an hour and a half. Like we were talking about this and then we're sitting in an NASCAR race where the races seem longer now i feel like the road courses because they didn't used to be this long they didn't used to seem this long these road course races but every stage caution i mean that's putting at least 15 minutes on the race um i think every caution you know the stage yellows take a while because they have to coast around then they have to let everybody pit and then they you know and there's some quickie yellows where they just get back to racing a little bit quicker but every caution is going to be at least 10 15 minutes if not longer depending on cleanup or what they're doing at the end of the stage if there's a caution before the stage, they have to let them go around and finish the stage under caution and then pit. And then it's like, so it's just like, I feel like that's definitely a factor of the races being longer is we're having these stages on the road courses and it's taking a little bit longer um, for, for everything to, to get situated. But overall, I'm definitely on the side where I wouldn't mind if, you know, they were, they were taken away or, or they did something with them. Cause it just feels like such a drag sometimes and in road course road. racing people, people look at it differently um, as obviously as compared to F1 or IndyCar or NASCAR. But, you know, there's times where people are, I think this is some point that I made, I can't remember when I was talking about it, but I feel like in, in races, when you start at the rear, I don't look at it as, as big of a, a feat, you know, as it was before, because, you have stage yellows, you have stage breaks. Sometimes you have competition yellows. Like it doesn't seem if you have an incident at the beginning of the race, I mean, there's guys that could spin like 16 times in an NASCAR race and they finish 10th. And you hear about it on the broadcast are like, man, what an impressive race by, you know, this guy driving the most powerful car in the field. He's gotten spun 10 times, um, but he's somehow managed to make it back in the top 15. And it's like, well, that somehow is because we already have a bunch of yellows. We have a free pass. We have a lucky dog in NASCAR. Like you, they give you every possible chance to get back in the race. If you mess it up at the beginning, it's not like in other series where you have an incident on lap 10 and they're covering it right away. Cause they're like, Oh man, how's this going to affect this race? Like it's a big deal on the broadcast and NASCAR really don't care. Cause yeah, he's going to be back in 10 laps. Like, you know, it's, that's just how NASCAR works, but 
I mean, yeah. we've talked about this before on the pod. Like, do you feel like it's a rightful direct comparison to compare like the F1 broadcast that we saw yesterday and the NASCAR broadcast or the way the NASCAR road course race went? Is that an easier comparison to make like road course to road course instead of like when people before were comparing Circuit of the Americas to Kansas? Like, do you think it's easier to compare road course to road sure. course? Oh yeah, Circuit of the Americas to Kansas is such a yeah. it, like bad bad comparison. <laughs> you can't even make that comparison because Formula One right now, you know, last season only comes to America once. Exactly. So NASCAR is the American based series. It's like if NASCAR went over there to Silverstone, I believe there'd be a lot of people there, I think, to check it out. Not just for the not for the intrigue of like the marketing of NASCAR or anything like that. But uh, not to get off the point here. Um yeah, I mean it's um it's fair to make the comparison on both road courses, but I don't see anybody making this comparison like seven years ago. It's only because formula one right now is nice and shiny, really pretty and looking good in the United States. Yeah. Because nobody cared years ago. Yeah. Nobody cared years ago. This wasn't a thing. Nobody cared. Not not even racing fans. Yeah. Years ago, you know, forget about the sports fans, you know, your guys up in, and, and New England and your sports fans and, and the Midwest and out in, in California, they don't care about Formula One five, seven years ago. And neither did race fans. So if we don't care, they're not going to care. But now we care because it's spreading around the United States. People care about it. And not even just America, not even just race fans like us. So, look, I've been watching Formula One since 2014. It's always been a, a very professional, like you were talking about the broadcast, let's say let's just take it from this point of view. It's always been a, a professional broadcast. Now I watched the, you know, the NBC broadcast, um, you know, that's when it had uh, Lee Diffie on there um, and, and, and two other, uh, two other gentlemen that I can't remember the name of, but they're so synonymous with formula one. Um, but yeah, they, they're, they're kind of uh, formula one's presentation. When Will Buxton was also the pit road reporter. That's a, it's a very, I look at Formula One as a very simpler production only because there's 20 cars. There's 20 cars. There's 20 drivers to interview. There's 10 teams. There's one, there's 10 uh, team bosses, but there's only like three or four that TV really cares about, you know? So it's a, it's a little harder to compare it to NASCAR. NASCAR is just kind of bigger thing. And, you know, and you, you might see some random car pop up on the entry list, you know, in a cup race, like, like the NY racing team, you know, they, they show up once in a while, um, Floyd Mayweather's team, the 50 team, the money, the money team, um, you know, you see them once in a while with formula one, you know, that it's going to be these 20 cars showing up to the track every week. It's a, it's, it's not as much as a, um, you know, wild kind of goose chase to follow all these different things. The formula one racing is also simpler, you know, a couple, couple pit stops and then that's it. And then when will you pit? Will you short pit? Well, you do two stops. Well, you do three stops. Can we do it in a one-stop strategy? You know, different things like that. Um, and then with NASCAR, it's just it's just a little bit more complicated. Some things are thrown in every week. There's different contenders, different teams that are good certain weeks. You know, like Trackhouse coming into this week, we thought it was going to – coming into this year, we thought it was going to be a B-level team. And, and right now, Haas looks like a B-level team in Formula One. Haas is not going to win next week. Ross Chastain can go back to back this, you know, next weekend, in my opinion. So those are different things as well. Um, You can compare, I guess, the road course racing, but you can't compare. You can't compare it in my, you can compare it in some ways, but you can't compare the actual on racing track product because you're not going to sit here and compare IndyCar on road courses compared to F1. And those cars are even more similar than NASCAR stock cars to Formula One race cars. So you can't compare it simply because you're not also not going to compare the gen six racing to the next gen racing. You can compare it from a, Oh, I like this more. Oh, I don't like this, but you can't compare the actual passing. You can't compare uh, the feeling of the car. You can't compare the look of the racing in my opinion, only because it's not the same thing. And in formula one and NASCAR cannot be more opposite. The fans cannot be more opposite. What they agree on cannot be more opposite. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I cannot, uh, I cannot make the comparison, uh, make the comparison between the two motorsports, but NASCAR can learn some things from Formula One and vice versa. But that's more they they can learn different, way different departments. See, Formula One can learn from NASCAR in, um, 
you know, rules and regulations, you know, letting the boys have at it, you know, let, let the drivers race sometimes. Don't throw, throw all these like investigations. And then NASCAR can take it from a standpoint of taking themselves a little bit more seriously. Drivers not saying, oh, I'm just the lucky guy that gets to drive the race car. No, you're an actual race car driver that has intelligence and knows how to wheel these cars better than anybody in the rest of the garage. Denny Hamlin knows how to drive his car better than Kyle Busch knows how to drive his car. You know, the, he's working with his team. There's a level of uh, intelligence there. There's a level of preparation. And that's something where NASCAR can kind of take itself more seriously, walk away from maybe the maybe walk away from the, the old the times of the past and turn it into maybe more of a, um, a sport that we need to see grow for the future. Like it has been for sure. There's been different moves and things like that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the Netflix show Drive to Survive. I know I went out in a couple of array of topics here, but Formula One having that show on Netflix, it changed everything, as we know, for Formula, for Formula One in America. We see Las Vegas now with, with becoming the third race in the United States. There's, you know, I would imagine there's going to be more in the future as it keeps on growing. But also, obviously, Formula One has to watch out their calendar and things like that. But, yeah, you can make the comparisons, but it's not constructive, in my opinion. That's kind of where I conclude with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would love for NASCAR to succeed more than Formula One. Right now, the momentum is with Formula One. But NASCAR still has its favoritism in America, for sure. But where they're losing out, you know, there's there might be now more more fans of F1 in New York now. You know, in New York, there might be more Formula One fans than NASCAR fans. You know, but but still throughout the country, it is still NASCAR dependent, NASCAR uh, majority. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's well put. And NASCAR, you know, a lot of people have been known that it's been on the rise of lately. And I think we're we're off to a great start to the yeah. season for for NASCAR for sure. Um, and I've uh, it's been glad to see, and it continues this weekend in Richmond. And I think that's that's right. another test on the schedule. How's this weekend going to do? Uh, Richmond, a track where. You know, we know line at the beginning, people hate on it a lot and uh, we're, we're going to see what happens this weekend, but two races cup and Xfinity. Um, we'll keep it simple for this weekend. Just two races, uh, the Xfinity series, one thirty on FS one on Saturday and the cup series returns to Fox uh, 3 30 PM on Sunday. So uh, the entry list were put out. We got some, uh, some change of names on the Xfinity series interest. We got only one additional name on the cup series interest. That's Greg Biffle. He'll be returning to drive the 42 at Richmond, which is nice to see. Um, but overall Richmond, a track that I think is looking for redemption, uh, with this next gen car. I mean, are, are, are you more optimistic towards it? You think we'll see a good racing? I think we will. I mean, you know, it's the first time we're going to see it on a slower racetrack, smaller oval, uh, short track, if you want to call it that. Um, so yeah, I agree. I agree that, um, that I think the way you said before, um, that I think we're going to see some upgrade with Richmond. I know it's been a little bit of a boring track for, for most people. I enjoy it. Um, I do enjoy the night races better, uh, yeah. but I do think, yeah, I think we'll see a, a pretty decent, um, a pretty decent showing. I think drivers will be, uh, uh, tenacious to see how much they can push, push the car on this kind of racetrack. Um, so obviously we're all waiting for kind of Bristol, you know, on the pavement, of course, not the dirt, um, who wants to see that? No, I'm joking. But, um, anyways, yeah, Richmond. Yes. Very, very excited for it. Um, I think also really excited for the Xfinity race. I think the Xfinity race is always pretty solid in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, I want, I really want to see that. And, um, yeah, I think the cup race, it can only, uh, only bring good things, um, for this weekend only because, I mean, I'll also say, because we've been seeing a quite competitive cup series as well. And I want to see if Reddick uh, can kind of, you know, maybe he's, maybe he has some uh, loss of speed. Maybe he's not as fast as, as the other, uh, as the other um, cars right now, like Hendrick has the speed track house has speed. Joe Gibbs has hints of speed here and there. Penske has speed also maybe like Reddick is lacking from that speed and, and he can, um, he can use Richmond as like kind of a crutch, maybe be competitive this weekend, lead a lot of laps, win the race. Um, only because, you know, you can make a driver can make the difference on these kind of short tracks. So I'll be uh, really interested to see that. Um, I predicted last mm -hmm. week that RCR would be good this weekend. They were both got top tens uh, with Austin getting 10th there. So that was good. I want to see if they can kind of progress into that. RCR is a big team that I've been watching that and RFK, but they've been struggling a little bit, but yeah, RCR, Looking for them this weekend. Yeah, for sure. So before we wrap up here, we'll do uh, our race picks 
Um, we'll do a race pick and then someone that, uh, you think to watch, maybe a dark horse, somebody, somebody that you want to keep an eye on this weekend, maybe towards the middle part of the field. So we'll start with Xfinity, uh, for Richmond, give me your, give me your race pick. And then someone maybe towards the middle to watch, make something happen. All righty. Yeah. So I got the entry list posted up here. Oh, John Hunter might have to go that way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like that. Um, yeah, race pick, super early race pick. I like to pick the race. I usually pick my, you know, race winner probably like five minutes before the race starts. Obviously, after we see practice and qualifying. But, um, yeah, give me some of uh, the 18. Yeah, I kind of I like Nemechek this weekend. And I also like Priest, too. But I, I'll go with Nemechek. Yeah. All and right. A dark, so... horse, a dark horse, yeah. Dark horse would be Priest. I know it's going to be an SHR-prepared car, so. Yeah, I go with that. All right, so my race pick at yeah, John Hunter Nemechek is definitely someone to watch uh, at Richmond. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Noah Gregson getting it done again this weekend. Uh, okay. That's just gonna yeah, be you a, got safe, it done last year. a safe pick for me. Yeah, he got it done last year, and he's just been consistent all year long. If it wasn't him, I'd go with uh, Justin Allgaier or Josh Bear. Like I feel like a junior motorsports car is going to get it done this weekend. That's my thought. Yeah. Um, John Arnimacek is definitely a great pick as well. But my 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 middle pack guy, dark horse to watch, is going to be Rajak Ruth, who is making his debut oh, weekend yes. for Alpha yes. Prime there Racing. We We're hoping right. to have him on here this week. Him and Tommy Joe. That was the plan uh, later in the sure. week to get him on before um uh before he steps in for his xfinity series debut you know i had the privilege of being there for his test at new smyrna um so that was fun to be at and uh there's a lot of excitement surrounding him and also not to take away from the fact that howie de savino is also making his debut um xfinity series debut for alpha prime racing in the 45 so yeah Roz definitely so uh, i'm gonna we're gonna i think the whole world's gonna be watching him uh to see what what he can <laughs> do in his first career start but yeah definitely back to my race pick i think a junior motorsports car uh gets it done so we'll swap it over to cup now your way your race winner pick and then someone maybe towards the middle to, to watch out for you're killing me here with these uh early early race picks um <laughs> i just gotta you gotta go with your gut right like on these yeah um, yeah, I mean, I, I love to say Daniel Suarez, but I can't, uh, I can't fully say that one. Uh, that would be a little bit of a, maybe like a pick for wanting instead of for hoping instead of, um, an actual education, educational pick, but yeah, I'll probably go with, um, oof, man, you know, Penske has been popping up in my mind. I feel like Blaney can win. Like, I feel like Blaney's just going to break out and win one time, you know, uh, in these next couple of weeks. Um, but I know, like, Joe Gibbs has been historically good at Richmond, as we know. Um, I'm going to go Blaney. I'll go Blaney. And a dark horse pick, I'll go. Man, something with Richmond and Truex. I'll go Truex as a dark horse, but he has not had the speed to show, like, for a win so far this year. So, But I'll go with Truex, yeah. yeah. So, Blaney um, and Truex. So, my race win for Richmond. So, you got Blaney, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm go with Joey Logano to get it done uh, at Richmond. This yeah, I had weekend. a feeling you were gonna go with him. <laughs> and yeah. then my dark horse, not a bad choice. Somebody to watch in the middle. Uh, something that you I think you noted in the last, one of the last things you said is the RFK driver, part co-owner uh, Brad Keselowski. Uh, if any track he's gonna get a win at, um, it's gonna be these types of racetracks or run well at. I won't say win, but I'll say run well. He needs yeah. to run well at these tracks like Richmond, like New Hampshire tracks that he's dominated at in the past. So that's my that's dark right. horse for this right. weekend uh, at Richmond's definitely going to be Brad Kozlowski. So um, definitely, definitely hoping for, for a good performance out of him, but well, uh, we got a, we got another weekend down of recap and Coda preview in Richmond a little bit. And uh, after that, we'll have, martinsville on the schedule so another short track so we got two short tracks in a row um it's uh it's gonna be fun to watch yeah it is um i think yeah two short tracks coming here uh, martinsville is gonna be a lot of fun in my opinion and good to see how the next gen car does but like i said earlier yeah it's a little short track season now and um kind of get into uh two different short tracks but both short tracks to be fair so um yeah like you said with Kozlowski just one thing to note on there these this is like kind of a driver's track where a driver can make a difference in my opinion might not be the the most skill or demanding track but it is definitely a track where the driver can put the speed in the car opposed to like a a power dominant track where the engine kind of has all the influence into it so 
I'm not saying RFK is down on engine power, but they have definitely not been that quick. And they've they've ran into some problems over the last couple of races. But yeah, we're, if Brad can make the difference here this weekend, that kind of sells you on feeling more of that. Oh yeah, Brad can maybe squeeze out you know good finishes uh, when he goes to tracks that he has been good at historically, or tracks like uh, restricted plate races where it become the, the field becomes a little bit more equal. So yeah, very interested to see what happens this weekend. The 67th annual Toyota Owners 400. Yeah. 67th annual. So it's going to be, uh, I think I'm optimistic about it. going to be a fun weekend. Uh, thank you again for joining me on, on the show this week. And, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll see you next week for another, another recap show. And, uh, as of course, thanks to everybody for tuning in to the Jars meeting podcast. Thanks to our partners, DoorDash and 5150 HMS motorsport PFC breaks. Thanks to bet online. Thanks to bleed podcast network. And most importantly, thanks to all the viewers for tuning in and we'll see you all later in the week. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.